Um, and so I was fortunate enough that I really checked in with myself and I just followed my intuition and I went, you know what, just cause something isn't right for somebody else doesn't mean it's not right for that person. And so that's, it's something I've really remembered the situation to this day. And so when I'm working with clients and I'm in the space where I'm giving advice or giving guidance, I always say to them, how does this feel to you? You know, does this feel good? Like, what are your initial thoughts? Because at the end of the day, they're like, we all have to live with our businesses and our decisions. Welcome to Uphill Conversations. Your ride along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host, Tim Picararo and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm Tim. And we are so glad you can join us as you're living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So, Tim, what? Yo, yo. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, not much. Just uh, doing stuff with you. <laughs> Trying I'm to keep up with you. Keeping you. I'm keeping you busy. Keeping me busy. And I'm, I'm learning to get used to your calendar. <laughs> your scheduling. I have quite the calendar habit. That makes me sweat. <laughs> Every time I'm working, all of a sudden, notification, 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 <laughs> notification. And then I'm scared to open up the calendar app. Scared. I'm scared. <laughs> But I'm getting better at it. I'm learning to just take it in stride. Mm-hmm. Take it in stride. We're figuring out how to do things like blocking things and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. So you're being actually nice to me about it. I'm always nice to you. <laughs> okay, we'll just move past that. So this is episode <laughs> 39. Yeah. This was a good one. And um, we had fun with another one of our friends over in Australia. Yes. But we're going to move on because I have... A random question. And this is going to be really tough. You're going to be squeezed so tightly in this question. You have to, like, I'm talking, and there's no wiggle room. <laughs> I'm telling you in advance, you cannot wiggle. I can't rewrite the question? You cannot rewrite the question. <laughs> no new rules. And it's only there's only one thing, and this is it. Okay. You have to, like, this is it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Drum roll. <laughs> okay, that was a good one. And if you could do only one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? So I have a clarifying question. <laughs> <laughs> because one thing could be like drinking wine or cooking or spending time no, with my children just, or working. You know, there's like, only, what is it? There's, they is it say, like a job, like a vocation? Is it an activity? I guess it's however you want to answer it. But I'm just saying, it's like, you know, there's just this one thing. For the rest of your life. So I guess it would be something that you know that was all the time and constant. And it's just the one thing. What would be the one thing? So if you want to make it around vocation, you can choose your category. Okay. How about that? I think, you, I've, I think I've got it. See, I've already I think I've got it. my I've, thing. I figured it out. Okay. So if I could only do one thing. One thing. For the rest of my life. Rest of your life. I would travel. And within traveling, since that's the one thing I'm doing... I would want to, well, travel in order to meet new people, interesting people, um, have great conversations, connect with people, um, and just have adventures. 
Wow. Okay. Well, there's your answer. Mm -hmm. You heard it first. I would travel. You would travel. Okay, great. Well, how many passports do you have? I have We're talking about the real ones, not the <laughs> fake ones that you have. I have one, and I don't think it expires for another couple of years. I just went to Germany with it last year, so I know it's still good. Is it still good? Yeah. I'm going to need that verified. <laughs> I'm going to verify your passport. So, hey, our guest um, was great. Yeah, so Jessica Nazarali, she is a business strategist and certified master coach. She also founded It Girl Foundation, um, which is a nonprofit education program that empowers and supports women in developing countries, which is really cool. Um, and she, we just had a great conversation with her. She's had a really incredible journey and um, just shares some great insights and in how she's overcome some challenges and taken risks in her life. So um, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Um, so without any further delay, let's jump into this fabulous conversation with Jessica Nazarali. Well, welcome to the show, Jessica. We are so excited to have you with us today, um, all the way from Australia. So um, just let us know, how's everything going with you? How's everything in your world? Things are going good. Um, I'm in the middle of a launch at the moment for my coaching certification program. So this is kind of the last, I guess, big launch before um, my baby comes. I'm due in about three months. So things are good. Um, busy, but good. Awesome. Well, that is very exciting. I guess congratulations on both of those, both <laughs> of those things. Absolutely. Um, that's it's just great. You know, I, I know I mentioned to you in the pre-show chat, you know, I'm I'm a mom. I've got um, two little girls and I know Tim has three kids. So um, we wow. love we love babies. <laughs> oh, gosh. Three. Wow. That's um, I'm in like negotiations with my husband. He wants to have more than two. And I'm oh, like, man. man, three. You have to get a different car. I don't know. if I. <laughs> no, listen, that was a big debate, too, for me. But I wanted four. Oh, okay. okay. So, so got two. No, here's the thing. 16, 14 now, the oldest. And then the little one came in 2009. She's seven now. So okay. that was one of yeah. those latecomers like, okay. And then, then I, then it was like, don't push your luck because actually everything got shut down at that point. It was like when she was born, it was like, shut it down. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, well, since you mentioned your new coaching certification program, why don't we just go ahead and start there? So um, Tim and I, we actually do some coaching um, and he is uh, John Maxwell certified and um, we work together, you know, with businesses and individuals. So I guess I'd love to know what's unique about your system and your model. Tell us a little bit about that. Thank you. Thank you for asking. So coaching mastery certification, what's unique about it and what I'm just so excited about um, showcasing to everyone is the fact that within the program, you're not just learning coaching skills. So you're also learning how to consult, teach and mentor your clients because from working with clients myself and just being someone who is, uh, you know, quite, I guess, literal in a lot of senses. I was finding that just purely coaching and not, you know, technically being able to give advice as, you know, traditional coaching is very much, you know, asking powerful questions, reflective style questions. I wanted to be able to 
create a roadmap for my clients, which would help them to slip into the different skill sets as and when needed. So I created the mentorship method, which is a combination of coaching, consulting, teaching, and oh my gosh, I've just missed one, mentoring, I think. (laughs) Um, And that's really how it came about. So that's how it's different. It's not just purely focusing on coaching. And so I guess I'm intrigued by by the mentoring piece of it because Mm. you're I mean, you're right. Those are two very different things. And I think sometimes people, you know, they they put those in the same bucket, coaching and mentoring. But, you know, mentoring, like you said, it's a lot more giving advice and coaching is asking those questions. So how I guess how did you sort of blend those together um, in a way, you know, that's that's going to really work for them? Um, I'm wondering how they live side by side in that model. Mm, sure. So for me, mentoring, I see that it's more about sharing from personal experience and like sharing, you know, what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you to build rapport and trust with your clients. Um, whether, so it's kind of more like sharing from your experience is what for me, this didn't, whether coaching, it is more around asking powerful questions to get the clients to come up with the answers within themselves. Um, And then you have teaching, which is more just, you know, giving of information in a way that is hopefully useful and easy to understand and implement. And even in a one-on-one setting, I always recommend to my clients that, you know, you give your clients something that they can do in between sessions. So maybe it's, you know, watch this video, listen to this, read this. So they're, you know, getting information, they're learning different skills or techniques or whatever they need to be learning between the coaching sessions and then in the coaching session itself, um, the following week, they can really dive into, okay, well, this is what I learned from doing the homework and this is how I'm planning on implementing it moving forward. And then you have consulting, which is much more going in, looking at the current situation that the client has. So this could be to do with health, wellness, business, career, whatever area you're coaching on, asking questions, and then coming up with a plan to help them to achieve a specific result. So depending on what area you're coaching on, and I use coaching as kind of the term for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like it depends what area you're, you know, um, working with clients in, you know, your style may be more coaching based, or it could be more consultative based. Um, it just, it ultimately depends on, you know, if you're coaching on um, what what subject you're coaching on at the end of the day. I mean, it really sounds like what you've put together gives you an opportunity to, you know, work with the people you have and also empower people to go in and really assess kind of the needs of the person that that they're working with. Um, mm. And and one thing that I, I found really interesting about your journey kind of going back a little bit is, you know, all around this idea of mentorship and you realizing, you know, some people need a little bit more. They need that mentorship and they need to at least understand uh, how to layer that in. And, you know, a lot of people talk about mentors and, you know, it's very important to have mentors. Um, But in your, you know, in your past, you kind of decided to move towards, you know, the evergreen model, which I want to talk about a little Mm -hmm. bit more later. But you you shared that many of your trusted mentors and some of those people close to you, those advisors, they actually advised you against doing yeah. that. And so yeah. and so you've got this relationship with a mentor that you've built and you've worked mm-hmm. so hard. You look up to this person. You've been taking their advice. How do you navigate 
and manage and maintain the relationship when you get to a point where, you know, you kind of you go against their advice or you even need to Mm. sort of break away from them? Mm. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So I think for me, we can kind of go back to, you know, talking about what what we were before around, you know, coaching and mentoring and how they're different. And I think what I really love about coaching in general is, you know, at the end of the day, the client's asking you questions to check in with your, the coach is asking you questions to, you know, facilitate the answer within yourself. And so you're being encouraged to check in and make sure that what they're suggesting feels right to you. So I obviously had a background in coaching and my mentor, you know, I said that this is what I was considering doing. And it's not like she was downright like that's don't do that. That's a horrible idea. She was just like, well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to do. Why mm-hmm. would you want to do that? You know, it's, it's not really proven. I mean, and it is <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> sell their programs on Evergreen. Um, and so I was fortunate enough that I really checked in with myself and I just followed my intuition and I went, you know what, just cause something isn't right for somebody else doesn't mean it's not right for that person. And so that's, it's something I've really remembered the situation to this day. And so when I'm working with clients and I'm in the space where I'm giving advice or giving guidance, I always say to them, how does this feel to you? You know, does this feel good? Like, what are your initial thoughts? Because at the end of the day, they're like, we all have to live with our businesses and our decisions. Coaches, mentors, teachers, the creator of a course at the end of the day, they're going to go home and go to sleep and they don't have to live with the decisions that they're making, but we do. So I think, you know, the more we can all take personal responsibility for the decisions that we're making. And then when we're working with clients, do the same thing. It just makes that potential ickiness go away. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, I love that. And one of the things you brought up was intuition. And I um, recently did a talk and um, I, I'm a big anecdotal kind of guy. I like to like, you know, string things together that just, you know, things that they make sense, but they help people move along. And, um, you know, I'm big into the inner genius, that that point one percent that's inside of you, that that thing that as Srini Rao puts it, that that he calls it in his unmistakable creative book, you know, when you look at the 99.9% of DNA, we're all the same, but there's that 0.1% that makes us all different. The thing that's never existed or lived before. And a lot of times, and I've run into this in Megan's question, you know, which in your answer kind of, and then you said intuition, like all these things just hit me. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that, that's just like, that's that thing right there. When you say no, you're allowing that 0.1% of yourself to go up. When you when when you go ahead and when they're telling you, ah, I'm not sure that's not proven, regardless of the other evidence, you didn't have the evidence. So yeah. you, you, do you understand what I mean? But mm-hmm. something inside of you, your your intuition was speaking to you. And so um, in, in my talk that I recently did, I said, here's my little equation because mastery is important to me, not perfection. I could care less about perfection. Perfection has flaws and I love it. I like mastery, though. Mastery is something that I want to continue to pursue, and that requires my inner genius. So I'm just going to add this little piece, and then I have a question for you, too, I promise. (laughs) But (laughs) it's rationale plus intuition equals mastery. 
Mm. And that is the thing. And I love that you said no to your mentor. I mean, literally, if you didn't do what they were saying or you if they were resisting your choice and, you know, you're moving away from it, you saying no gave birth to your inner genius to come out. That 0.1%, your unmistakable thing to be able to have an opportunity to see its fulfillment. That's where your world is, your playground, you know, and 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 anything that hasn't been proven still can be proven. And that's the whole thing. That's the beauty of mm-hmm. what we're supposed to be doing anyway. And so yeah. I, your, even your model of the coaching, I like it because I would naturally resist hearing that immediately. Like when I if I just met you and then you told me all those things, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, danger, Will Robinson. I'd be all nervous. Like what's going on? Consult, teach, mentor, coaching, you know, but now I, I can see it. And I just love how you advanced with, from, you know, you've had coaching, you understood coaching, you had this mentor, you made a decision, you made a move, your intuition continued to speak to you, you allowed that inner genius in you to rise up, and you did it in a, with rationale. It was, it was in a rational way with your intuition, and now you're moving toward mastery. That's your evidence. Now you mm-hmm. have your evidence. You know what I mean? It's not a theory anymore. And, right, exactly. You know, yeah. and so let me ask you, when did you, when did it click? When was the first time you knew when you took the step and you were moving with it, right? And you, you were mm-hmm. like, here's this, here's this model, you know, and you're all, yeah. you're excited and terrified, you know, all at the same time. But when, when did you know it clicked? When did it click for you mm-hmm. where you saw it just go, there it is? Right. Yeah. So that happened for me. I came up with the idea for the evergreen to sell my programs on evergreen. And then I came up with the evergreen model um, after I did my first public launch. And I, I mean, I'm doing a big public launch at the moment. So it's not that I don't launch. It's more that I'll launch like once or twice a year, but the pressure is really off in a big way because um, you know, when you see these online launches, you know, sometimes people have, you know, it's like they have their whole life riding on it. And it's like, literally, if this launch doesn't go well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Whether, yeah, I do a public launch, but then I'm going to be selling my program on Evergreen in the background. So it's like, great public launch, great for exposure, get a bunch of people in at the same time. It's always good if you have a new program to do a big launch, but it's not, it's not life or death. And I don't do well under that kind of life or death or death pressure, so to speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, for me, it works really well. So I came up with selling my program on Evergreen because I did this, my first big launch and it did well, but I just started looking at the business model and I went, I don't really want to be doing this. Like, I don't want to be doing these big launches, you know, three, four maybe, you know, twice, twice a year, like even that, it just felt like a lot because you're in this always, you know, you're either leading up to a launch in a launch or almost recovering from a launch. (laughs) And And you need your own program then. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to be doing that. Um, And I had a lot of travel coming up. Um, This was a couple of years ago. My husband and I had decided to leave Australia and go traveling before we had kids. And I was just like, I just don't know if this is going to work. And then in the future, I was like, how is it going to work having kids if I'm in like this really intense period, like leading up to a launch all the time? And I was like, I just don't know if it's going to. So I, I, just, I started looking into selling on Evergreen just really out of a need. 
And then I shared it with my mentor and she, you know, wasn't that encouraging. And Mm -hmm. I just really decided to test it. I was like, okay, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? I try and do it and it doesn't work. You know, that's, not really that big of a deal Mm-mm. at all. No. <laughs> so I, I, I just continued selling my program. I switched up the funnels. I, you know, put in place software to make it, you know, seem like you have to create scarcity, obviously. So with an evergreen launch, everyone's going through their own individual funnel. Um, so I just had to kind of set up the back end to make that happen. And I tested it and it started working. And I just thought, okay, well, that's great. Why don't, you know, I'm just going to continue doing that. And so that was over two years ago. And it's just really continued on from there. And obviously in the beginning, you know, it's, I I made mistakes and I did things that didn't, you know, work out and I improved things. But I think when you're really dedicated to what you're doing, and I just really made a decision. I was like, hmm. I don't really fancy launching a million times a year and I don't really want to be doing that. And I think when you make a decision and you decide that you're going to find another way, then you find another way. You know what I mean? Like you just have to make that decision. Right. There's uh, something called the OODA loop and the military use it here in the U.S. And it's um, observe, orient, decide, act, and then you repeat. And And that's sounds to me that's what you did. And... And I love your, and once again, what you said, everything was your intuition. You, it, that's a beautiful picture of a mix of your being, your rationale and intuition moving you toward mm-hmm. mastery. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's, so I Thank feel like you. my equation is accurate. <laughs> I, good, <laughs> I good. feel like I have an accurate <laughs> equation. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, I think that that's just so great because I mean, I, even in listening to some, some other things that you talk about, you know, you, you kind of make this decision that you want to do something new. You know, you realize that maybe you have this slight lack of experience. You worry a little bit, you know, what will people think? But then you really just take that leap and, you know, you embrace the fact that, you know, what, what is the worst that could happen? I could fail. But the alternative is that I just stay where I am. And mm. and I think something that resonated with me is you share um, you shared a story um, on uh, a podcast that you were being interviewed and it, it's you're 23 years old. You're sitting there in your apartment with your best friend, uh, yeah. you know, telling yeah. her you're engaged and she's so happy and you're sitting there feeling like. Almost like you're looking from the outside in. At least that's how I perceived it yeah. from how you told mm-hmm. it. And, mm. and you know, it's like it's this feeling that you did everything you're supposed to do and the spark isn't there. There's something missing. Yeah. And, mm. and, and, and you know, you have this almost feeling of shame because everything's going so well. Everyone's looking at you saying, you know, you've got this job, you're, you're engaged, you know, so many things to be grateful for, but you still feel unfulfilled. So you have this realization, but how do you really zero in on the cause and figure out what's missing? Because I think it could be so easy to have that realization and the weight of that just just be so heavy. So how do you take that that realization and move forward? Mm. Gosh, yeah, it's funny. You, you were sharing that story. I haven't thought about that for a while. Um, so how did I take that realization and move forward? It was probably for about a period of six months. I was really in 
exploration Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I wanted to do I just knew that working in a job for the rest of my life really wasn't what I wanted to be doing um I remember yeah I was 23 I just got engaged and I was like oh maybe I'll have a baby like I was literally like maybe I just have a baby I'll be a cool young mom mm-hmm. um I don't think that would have solved my problem so I'm really glad I think, that I think Jessica happen. I think people have tried that <laughs> yeah yes yeah baby solves everything I'm sure it doesn't um so I was literally, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, a lot of my clients are in this situation and I, you know, I meet people like this who, yeah, on the outside, it looks like they have it all together. They have the job, they, you know, they're married, they're quote unquote successful, but then they're feeling just really empty and confused inside. And they're thinking, wow, is this really all that there is? And I should feel happy because you know, I'm living in a first world country and I have a roof over my head and da, 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 da. And I think that's where the, the, the guilt then starts to come up mm-hmm. even more because it's like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling guilty because I should feel happy, but I'm not. And so for me, it was just really about taking steps towards small things that did inspire me. So at the time I started reading a lot of blogs. This was in 2011 and blogging was kind of becoming big in Australia. We're a few years behind (laughs) the States and um, other countries in regards to certain trends. And so I started reading a lot of blogs and I thought, wow, maybe this is something that I could do. And I had grown up with parents who were very health and wellness focused and they were like into personal development. I was like, well, maybe I could just, you know, blog and kind of share information in regards to that. And so it took probably literally about six months for me to actually get up the courage to start the blog because I was really worried what people will think. And I was worried about my spelling and I didn't think I'd be interesting (laughs) enough. And just, you know, a whole, whole list of fears and doubts essentially. Mm -hmm. But, um, about, Yeah, six months after my initial thought, I started the blog. And it's amazing. Like anyone, if anyone's listening and they feel stuck and they feel, you know, unsatisfied with what they're doing and they feel like they should be doing more, but they don't know what it is, literally just like take one step, like take one step in a direction that feels good to you. That's literally all I did. I was like, okay, well, starting a blog feels good. I finally ended up doing it. And it was amazing, you know, even though I was still working in the same job, um, nothing really changed there. I automatically became a lot more fulfilled because I felt like I was contributing in a bigger way than what I was before. And that was just by me, you know, writing blog posts. And then I would start to get, you know, a comment here or there or an email. And that just felt really fulfilling and it felt like I had a bigger purpose, so to speak. Um, And it was, yeah, just from taking that initial first step. And then, you know, 18 months after starting my blog, when I had built up a following, that's how I got into coaching, was literally from people emailing me saying, you know, Jess, I want to create a blog like you. I'm a health coach. I'm a nutritionist. I want to build up a platform to build my reputation 
can you help me? But I, so you see, I never would have gotten to coaching if I hadn't started the blog to begin with. When I started the blog, I knew nothing about coaching and I didn't, you know, it's not like that was a plan at all, but it was literally just like taking that first step and then, oh, we can go back to intuition again. I was, to a certain extent, I I feel like I was guided. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, that's just so important. Like if you're feeling stuck, it's like, just take one step and you'll be, you'll then uncover the next step to take. And then the one after that and everything will slowly but surely start to become a little bit clearer. And I think the really neat thing about that is, you know, you had this personal experience and, you know, you through this, you just sort of allowed, allowed life to take you where it was meant to be and kind of followed, you know, that thing inside of you to just keep, keep pursuing, you know, that passion, something that was in, in alignment with you. Um, And then, you know, obviously that led you to develop the different mastery courses and things like that. So I'm, mm. I'm curious about this because um, you obviously you built this and, you know, kind of saw your way through it. So now you're you're putting this together for people in a little bit more systematic way. So as people are going through your course, you know, how how important is it and how do they, I guess, maintain authenticity and, and how do you guide them while they're following, you know, your model towards their launch um, to not mm. to not sort of become chameleons and just become, you know, a, a copy of Jess? You know, how, mm-hmm. you know, do you find that people struggle with that as they're going through your courses and, and how do you lead them on the path they're supposed to be on? even if it looks different than yours within that system? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question because you do see that. um, I had a a friend who's also a colleague say to me recently, a long story, but she had a client join a program that she was running. And she she said to me, she was like, oh, I think she's worked with so-and-so coach before because she has a so-and-so coach's website. So basically she was kind of tracing back this person saying, oh, I think she's worked with this person because they, this, this coach has a particular style of website. And then a lot of her clients have as well. And she said that to me and I was like, man, I hope, (laughs) I hope my clients aren't doing that just because like you said, you want people to be being themselves. You don't want them to be like a watered down version of you because that's not going to help them in the long term if they're not being themselves. So I think, I feel the reason it doesn't happen with my clients as much is because in the work that I do, I don't necessarily have a big focus on, I guess, personal branding. My focus is really on helping you to develop a really solid product and then, you know, how to go out there and market it. I'm more of the belief of, you know, when it comes to the website, Don't even spend a lot of money on a website to begin with because you're going to change your mind a million times and a website just, (laughs) it's such a big process Mm -hmm. in itself. You know, you're better off spending that money when you're really sure, okay, this is the business I want to create and feel really good about it. So because of that, in terms of like clients, like look and style, I would say like we're not similar in that way. Um, But in terms of creating products and like creating services. I'm very big with my clients. I I, I tell my clients all the time, you know, you need to be creating something that you have experience in. Mm -hmm. So don't just 
say, okay, well, I'm going to become a marketing coach because I think that's where the money is. If you don't have experience in that, how are you going to feel confident on a discovery session or when you're working with clients? Mm -hmm. You're not. And then the energy is going to come across and then you're not going to end up working with clients. So I really encourage my clients to go back to, you know, what do you have experience in? Like what transformation have you overcome? Um, What challenge have you overcome? Like what, what has your life experience been like? And that's why in the beginning, when I first started coaching, I was blog coaching because that was my experience and that's what people were asking me for. And then over the years, I've, you know, as my skills have developed and as as I've learned different things, I've created different courses um, around like business and personal development. And now I have a coaching certification program, but it's literally come, like I've been able to do that because I've like, I've developed skills in those areas. I think where it becomes very dangerous is people who have, you know, no qualification, no life experience, no work experience in a certain area. And then they're trying to coach or create a course on a certain topic. And it just, it just doesn't work. So I think if you stick with what you know, that's where the magic really happens. And then I always, you know, when I'm giving, if I am giving my clients advice or guidance or saying do this or, you know, I would recommend doing this, I always check in with them because I don't want that responsibility. Like I don't want them to say, well, Jess, you told me to do this and I didn't, and it didn't <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah. Nobody wants that. So I always say, look, if I tell you to do, if I make a suggestion, it's just a suggestion. You have yeah. to live with this right. decision. So I'm, I'm not God. You need to make sure it feels good to you and you're happy with that. And if you're not, let me know because there's a million and one ways to to do things. But you need to communicate with me and say, actually, I don't like this. And then I can give other suggestions. Mm. You know what I love it? You, you, um, Jessica, you, you seem to have uh, developed the ability to be patient. Um, and, um, which is, which is not easy. I mean, everybody knows that we, we, we all can be very, very impatient. I mean, we want mm-hmm. microwave popcorn and we want it in a minute, you know, <laughs> and then that's even too long, right. <laughs> you know, even though we can pause the movie we're watching, you know, we still, yeah. want, we still, <laughs> we want it faster. Right. So, um, and, and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, it's that process and the beauty of that process. And I like how you walk them through a process and how you keep them from, you know, everyone's got a little chameleon in them, you know, it's good mm-hmm. to borrow for a little while. Right. But it's our job yeah. to put color back into the world. You know, that's not just take color, put something back. And, and I like how you guide them back to themselves. Like, what do you have to offer? What's in you? What's in alignment with you? You know, what are your skill sets? What are your strengths? What's your story? What's your experience? I love that. And to me, all of that stuff, all those ingredients, you mix them together, you fold them into each other and you should get growth. But here's the thing I want to get into explosive growth, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in our industry, you know what it's like, right? As coaches, and if you have a product online, anything like that, everybody wants to accelerate it and make it massive and huge yeah. and big and now yeah. and tomorrow. And it's going to be, you know, and, and listen, there's an old proverb that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, mm-hmm. and some people feel like they don't have the Midas touch. You know, they're not King Midas that everything they touch turns to gold. And some people can get, you know, you get disenchanted. 
But mm-hmm. but if you can if you can get people to understand that yes, explosive growth is a possibility personally, professionally, right? Financially, physically, mentally, spiritually, like you can have explosive growth, but there's that patience. And I believe that you know, in, in explosive growth tremendously, but I think there needs to be a, a level of patience. So my question to you is, what is your mindset as it relates to, um, you know, time when it comes mm-hmm. to doing things? I would like to hear if you would share with us, you know, in the speed at, with, at which growth comes. What is yeah. your mindset on that? Share that with us. Oh, that is a really great question. Oh, gosh. So I remember in the beginning when I was starting out, when I was just blogging, I had no idea how it would turn into a business and I wanted it to and I thought it would, but I didn't. I thought maybe I would make money from advertising on my blog. I didn't I didn't fully see what was possible yet. But I just kept on saying to myself, if I build up a following and an audience, somehow it would turn into a business. And so I was super dedicated. I blogged five days a week. And I knew that it would eventually turn into something. And so at that time, I was very patient. And I, I, it's funny when I think about, because I've been online now for six years. And so I think about, there's been times where I have been very patient. And there's been times when I've been very impatient. I'm like, well, why isn't this happening now? And, you know, things should be happening faster. And I think probably this year, I've really gotten to a point of, you know, life is a long time. (laughs) Like it really is. Like even, you know, if you're starting a business, like say if you're starting a business when you're 50, say, like people are living longer and longer and longer. Like you could start coaching. Like I have clients who they're starting coaching in their 50s. I mean, they could be coaching until they're, you know, 70. Right. Like that's still 20 years. Like that's still a long time. Right. So when you think of it like that, and you kind of take the pressure off yourself and you realize, okay, life really is a long time. Things, you know, don't have to happen tomorrow. It's not to say that you don't want to push things along, but, you know, whether the sales page goes up today or tomorrow in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to matter in a year. Mm. Um, but it's taken me a long time to really get to that place. <laughs> and I, 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 I can still become like very impatient, but now, um, And my husband tells me this all the time. He's like, you know, we're playing a long-term game. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not trying to, it's not like it's, you know, we want the products to be really good. We want the clients to have, you know, for client satisfaction to be high. And we've created that within our programs because we've put such a big focus on the product and, you know, we've launched it when the product's been really, when it's been done and it's been done to a high standard. So that is is going to give longevity over the long term because people are then going to be happy. They're going to refer other people. Would it be easier to, you know, launch tomorrow with a product which isn't, you know, 100% and some people are happy, some people aren't? You'd make more money faster, but what is, what's that damage going to do to you over the long term? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, talking about, you know, that having that long term vision, you know, you spent kind of that six months figuring out doing that exploration. And and I, I love how you say, I, I wasn't sure where it would go, but I knew it would turn into something. And mm. so there's this great just, you know, this self belief that you had going into that, that, you know, obviously, 
seems like it continues to be elevated through the different things that you're doing, you know, with your company and with your foundation. Um, so how do you how do you nurture that? You know, how do you continue to nurture that self-belief and and work on yourself? You know, what are the things that you're doing to just keep um, keep improving Jessica? Mm. Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, so something that I really enjoy doing is journaling. I find that that's really powerful to kind of like get a lot of my thoughts down on paper. I also have a mindset coach who I work with, um, which has been very insightful and powerful <laughs> and uh, confronting at times. I've never it's just like purely like mindset, limiting beliefs, overcoming blocks, that type of thing. And I've worked with business coaches, which kind of included mindset stuff, but this is just pure mindset. And that has been really powerful to me to kind of see where I am, you know, not letting myself, you know, fully step into what I want. And um, just, just, I guess, being really aware of like, um, where some of my blocks have been in the past and how I want to move past them. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, working with a coach has been really powerful. Um, I do things like yoga, uh, and I, you know, I work with my husband, so we both have become like very good at just being, we always have had good communication, but just very honest about like how we're feeling so in the past, I used to, like, say if I was upset about something, I would be like, mm, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say anything, like, I don't want to bring the energy down. But I found it's a lot better for me to say, you know, I'm feeling upset because, mm -hmm. you know, this has just happened and I'm just feeling a bit upset or I'm feeling worried about this. And I find when I'm able to be open and honest, it's kind of like I say it out loud and then it's less of an elephant in the room, so to speak. And I'm not, I don't know, I'm, I'm just like not trying to hide it. And that has been really powerful um, for us both, you know, personally and then working together because you do, yeah, working together with your partner can be challenging at times. Wow. That's great. Good stuff. I had a, I have a, this is a neat thing. I have, um, we do random questions and I have a question that literally, one of the ones that, that we always do, we always do it in our intros. And so I guess I'm giving away a good question, but what you said is really great because a question that I was going to ask Megan today literally was around something like that. So just imagine you have something very difficult to talk about. What is more, what is more difficult looking into someone's eyes when you are telling them about how you feel about something oh. that's a problem or looking oh. into someone's eyes when they are telling you how they feel about something that's wrong. That, you know what I mean? It's mm. and, and just say it's not a good situation. But because mm. of what you're doing, what the two of you are doing is great. I call it a five for five. I, I say this to people all the time, whether it's friends, a partner, spouse, whatever. Five minutes, five feet away from each other can make all the difference in the world, you know, and having mm. a conversation. Five minutes, mm. five feet mm have a conversation, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really take much and you do that enough. Obviously we know small steps turn into bigger steps, right? So yeah, definitely. That's powerful. What you shared. I appreciate that. Um, Hey, do you have a, a particular way that you bring something to life? You know, something's in you, it's stirring, 
Maybe you get disturbed at night with it. Wake up and you write it down and then you put it in one of your, you know, because I, I don't know if you're like me, but I have four journals somewhere, you know, and I'm always I got a, I got a little field notes book. I've got my Evernote. I mean, and I'm just like, I've got to put it somewhere. I hit voice memo on my iPhone and then I'm trying to like, you know, chase down those fragments. Right. So then I got to find yeah. the fragments. That's my process. Then I take those fragments and then I get blank sheet of printer paper and then I write on that printer paper with like little bubbles like clouds and then I write those things down and then I see how they can connect so like that's me like bringing something mm -hmm. out right do, mm -hmm. what, tell me a little bit about yours like how do and I maybe that's not always the same but is there a pattern or something that you've noticed about how things come to life out of you yes yeah so what I usually do is I use something called quip I don't know if you know it it's it's a tool that you use for collaborating when it comes to writing, essentially. So you can, it's kind of like a better version of Google Docs. Is that like Q-U-I-P? Um, I'm sorry. Q, is it? Uh, yeah, Q-U-I, I think it's P-P, double P. Okay, thank you. Oh, no, sorry. It's, no, it's only one P. I'm just okay. looking at it now. Um, so I usually, I have really bad handwriting. So. Oh, Joel, thank you. <laughs> I like you more. It's really, really bad. My husband's always like, why don't you at least try to write neatly? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I probably should. I but am I, trying. I, like, I kind of am trying. That's the embarrassing thing. Um, so I do, I have lots of journals. Like I have one next to me right here and I'm flipping through it. And I mean, nothing makes sense because it's so messy. But I will, I will kind of scribble down notes in a journal likely and then I'll read over them and say okay I'll be like okay yeah like that's a really good idea so then I may put it into quip where I start you know typing whether it's a blog post or idea for a podcast or whatever it is um then I'm really big on collaborating like I do well speaking with people or talking through an idea so depending on what it is, it may be a matter of, um, I use Wonderlist for creating notes. Mm -hmm. So it might be, you know, if I need, say, my assistant to do something in relation to that, I, I'd put something in her Wonderlist to ask her to do it. If it's um, a bigger project, so for example, I don't know, I've come up with the idea of changing the header on my website, I would put that into... Um, Podio, which was like a project management system and like flag it that it's a task. So then I remember to bring it up with the team in our next meeting. Um, but I do really well, yeah, like kind of talking things through and collaborating with people. So sometimes it's a matter of, you know, I'll put it in Wonderlist or I'll put it in Podio and then I'll talk about it on a team meeting. And then we'll realize actually the timing isn't right or yeah, it would be good, but it would be better if we did it that way. And then after I've spoken to somebody about it, then it either kind of gets moved up the priority list and it starts to come to life, or it may be a matter of, okay, this isn't the right time for it. Or if it's something I just do myself, then it's yeah, a matter of, okay, well, this is the idea for the podcast, writing it out and then yeah, making it happen. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I love Wonderlist. I'm a I'm a list person. Yes, so, she is. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> she scares me with her list. <laughs> and and actually, the the thing is, it's interesting. Is I kind of I started working for for a while. I was doing working with a web development company and doing software project management, client services, and we were totally paperless. And I really moved away from that. So the interesting thing, though, is recently I've started getting back to just paper again and Mm. there is really something wonderful about just putting pen to paper and taking that time with your thoughts you know to to write something down um Mm. so I so I love those tools and I love that you um that you shared them with us and you know kind of going a little bit further on, you know, Tim's question, you know, one of the things that you've brought to life um, is the It Girl Foundation. And, um, you know, I would just kind of love to know what inspired you to start that foundation. And also, you know, just tell us a little bit more about, you know, how you're, you know, specifically you're working and that foundation um, works to help people. Mm, Definitely. So I came up with the idea for it that uh, was a little bit over a year ago. And I came up with the idea because I was realizing that my programs, you know, while they're great, obviously, I'm going to say that they're great, you know, why they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're really valuable and useful and helpful. And, you know, people get great results. They're really targeting, I mean, for the majority, Western women, mm-hmm. or women who, you know, they could be in other countries, but they, um, you know, second world countries or um, other countries throughout the world, but they obviously have the means to be able to afford taking one of these programs. Sure. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who would benefit from the programs, but, you know, it's, it's just not a reality for them at the moment that they would have the funds to be able to invest. And I really decided that I didn't just want to impact you know, the people who could afford my programs, so to speak. And what I find interesting about, you know, kind of the coaching industry is that everyone talks about how, you know, they, you know, they want to make the world a better place and, you know, change people's lives. And it's like, yeah, you're doing that. And you're also getting paid for it. You know what I mean? Like you're helping people. Yes, you are. You're helping your clients. And you're helping people who can afford your programs. There's a lot of people out there who do really, would really value what you're sharing, but they just don't have the means to be able to join. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided, well, why don't I create a program which is completely free and people can take it who can't afford my other programs. And, you know, maybe it will help them get to a stage where they where they could then invest in in my other programs in the future if it was right for them. So the program that I've created under the ICO Foundation is to help um, women in developing countries make three to five dollars an hour online through you know being a virtual assistant, a contractor, um, graphic designer, that, that type of thing. And so it basically walks them through the process of, you know, how to find work, you know, different um, skills that they can look to develop so that they can get this type of work. I mean, there's amazing, you know, there's amazing what you can learn on YouTube if you 
like go there and watch and you're dedicated and okay, well, this is how you use Canva. This is how you do this. And um, we went to the Philippines last year to launch the program. We have a couple of partners over there who um, send people to the program. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really amazing to go over there and kind of meet the people um, who are now sending us um, clients for the program. And also just to really discover what, you know, what people need help with. So to understand my ICA for the program a lot more. Mm -hmm. And it, it was really interesting when I went over there, I discovered that a big part of the, of the issue was um, mindset. And it's interesting because, I mean, it's kind of with humans in general, that can be a challenge. Right. But a lot of um, women were saying, well, I don't know if that's possible for me. Like, can I really make that amount of money online from working at home? Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm good enough to do that. So the start of the program is helping them to really see that, yes, this is, is possible for them. Yes, you know, they're going to have to learn skills. Yes, they're going to have to be accountable. Yes, they're going to have to show up and do the work, but it's possible. And there's, you know, thousands of people already doing it. Like, why couldn't they do it as well? So that was quite surprising to get that realization. Mm -hmm. And so we have, I guess, that mindset component. And then it's more tactical, like directing them to places where they can learn specific skills and then talking about, you know, how to work with clients overseas, what they need to bear in mind. Um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun to develop the program and see people take it and, um, you know, come back with their feedback and share that, you know, they've just got this client and they were able to like quit their job and now they work from home. So it's, um, yeah, it's been a really cool experience. And thank you for, for sharing that. I think that really helped me um, get my mind a little bit more around exactly what you're doing. And um, I, I think that's so great that, you know, you're, you kind of realize um, a little bit of this gap. You know, we, I, I think that, you know, as coaches and working in the world of, you know, development, we have such a big heart to see other people succeed and, you know, self-actualize and, and, you know, and empower people. And I just think that it's so wonderful to kind of say, hey, I, I see an opportunity here where I can help others. And then not just doing that and putting it out there and being done, but then really just continuing to refine that and dig in and and really check in, you know, with yourself and your program on, you know, are you truly having an impact? So um, so I just applaud you for that. I think that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's very wonderful. I mean, wonderful. I've been told by many people that I have to be watched because I, if if given the chance, I would pretty much give everything away. <laughs> so I get corrected for that all the time. Trust me. Um, well, I have I have the we have a couple more questions for you, and so um, but this one is you know our show's uphill conversations, and um, the whole point of that show and the reason that we have this and what we do is we're a good ride along partner for people that are taking the uphill journey. Um, and it's because I believe that the current condition, you know, Megan and I try to always put this in front of people, the current condition, your current condition does not match your emerging future. And mm -hmm. the, in, nor they, if, because if it did, you would already be there. So it doesn't right. Mm -hmm. And anything worth having is uphill and which yeah. can't go uphill with downhill habits. Right. So yeah. in that vein, you know, climbing a hill is tough. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> you go through a lot of different 
things, you know, <laughs> mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, whatever, you know, all anything you can imagine, you're going through it on a climb like that. And it feels never ending. Um, but what what would you share with us? What's a recent uphill challenge that you've overcome? Oh, good question. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I didn't think I was going to share this, but looks like I am. Um, I had the realization probably about two months ago. So I shared how I was working with the mindset coach mm-hmm. and I'm working with her for a year. So it's a year long program and six months in, and I think this happens a lot of times. I say this with my clients and, you know, usually halfway through the program, like people kind of check in and they reassess and they're like, Hmm, like how are things going? And I really checked in and I was like, huh, I thought I would have made a bit more progress by now. Mm. And it wasn't a matter of me saying, well, the client, the coach hasn't gotten me results or, you know, like, why haven't I, you know, made more progress towards, you know, what it is that I'm working on by now. And I really checked in with myself and I realized the reason I hadn't is because I wasn't fully committing and I wasn't really doing the work. I mean, I was, I could trick myself to say that I was, I mean, I was obviously, I was showing up to the coaching calls and she would give me homework and I would kind of do the homework, but I wasn't really going deep with it. And, and then I, it had been like six months into this program and I was like, what am I doing? Like, why am I not like, what is holding me back from like fully committing to doing this? And I came to the realization that I was kind I was, I mean, I was happy staying where I was. And part of me was scared to really go to the next level because I was worried, well, you know, what if I lose, you know, friends and family because they can't relate to me anymore. Mm. And, you know, my life is already pretty great. Like I have a great husband, I'm pregnant, you know, I have a good, like, imagine if it got even better, like who am I to deserve (laughs) my life to become even better? That was like, really like, that's what I got. It was like this, well, who am I to really dream that big? And yeah, I like, I didn't expect that to come up at all. And that's why I was really avoiding doing all this work that she was telling me to do. It was like, well, what if da da da? And so I had this realization, and then I shared this with her. And ever since then, I've you know been actually you know doing the work that she's been telling me to do, and going deep with it, and kind of uncovering you know things about my past that I didn't really want to deal with, but obviously I have to to, to go to the next level, and. I think as well, because I'm pregnant, it's just been, um, you know, really helpful as well to kind of examine certain areas of my life and work out, okay, well, what beliefs do I want to let go of? What beliefs do I want to continue having? So obviously I can be the best parent I can be as well. So it's been, I don't know, it's always interesting when you come to the realization that you've been holding yourself back in some way. Mm-hmm. And I, cause I, I didn't think I had been, I was like, oh, well, I'm doing the work, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm showing up and it was like, mm, actually you're not, <laughs> Yeah, <Nope. laughs> you're really not. <laughs> 
thank you so much for sharing that because I think that, you know, if, if there, if there are people out there who have worked with a coach and kind of done that mindset work, um, I mean, they'll know that as you start bringing some of those things in your subconscious up to your awareness and you really start digging into those, you know, maybe some of those things in you that you've been pushing down, that can be Mm. such a, it can be a painful process. Um, because you have to face those things and you have to and you have to face it in order to, like you said, kind of deal with it, process it and move past it um, and 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 recognize that that is just part of who you are and be OK with it. But that that doesn't necessarily define who you're going to be. Um, mm-hmm. So I just I really appreciate you sharing that with us. So um, uh, just the next question and, and kind of the last one before we'll wrap things up. Um we just really, um, you know, we're really excited to hear all the great things that you're doing. Um, but we'd just love to know three things that you are optimistic about um, over the next 12 months. Hmm. Three things I'm optimistic about. Um, well, I'm optimistic about becoming a parent. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited for that. I feel like I was joking with my husband. It's almost like you buy a ticket to go on a trip and then <laughs> it's kind of, it has this, this date, this is the leaving date, and then the date's getting closer and closer and you're like, oh, wow, like this is actually happening quite soon. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm really excited about that. I feel that I just have this feeling that it's going to help me. It's going to be like a big, um, almost like – personal development workshop in itself (laughs) oh yeah Um, yeah (laughs) which I'm I'm excited for I'm excited to I don't know just have something else to focus on you know aside from like friends and family and the business I think it will be yeah I think it'll be really good for us so I'm excited for that um I'm excited about the launch of um coaching mastery. So my coaching certification program. Um, and just, I really love people and like talking about how people interact and how you can, you know, support people to really, um, facilitate, you know, life-changing results. So I'm excited to be like hosting that program and talking about something different as well, because, uh, I've been talking about kind of business building for, for quite a while. And I think it's just always nice to have a bit of a change of pace and to be talking about something different. So I'm excited about the coaching certification program and seeing people go through that. I want this one to be like a huge one. What what immediately <laughs> came to mind is I'm having a baby shower in a few weeks. So I'm optimistic about seeing my like friends I haven't seen in a while. That's the immediate thing that came to, to mind. I know that's not that life-changing but um yeah excited to reconnect with people but that it's I wonderful in a while. no that's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> no and that's great and that's real so so we love that um well Jess thank you so much for spending so much time with us um how can our listeners get you know connected with you where can they find you um where can they go to learn you know more about all the great things that you're doing um, so you can go to jessicanazarali.com, which is my website. Um, and from on there, you'll be able to see all the programs and different things that I have on offer. And then I'm, I'm on all the social media platforms as well. So Facebook, Instagram, 
Um, there's only one Jessica Nazarali. It's um, kind of an unusual combination of first name and last names. Thank you again so much for um, joining us for a great conversation and just being so open and authentic and um, really just being willing to um, dive deep with us. It's been really fun. Mm -hmm. Yes, it has. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Well, this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations with our wonderful guest, Jessica Nazarali. Always remember that you can be more, do more, and have more. Your current condition does not match your emerging future. Anything worth having is uphill. However, you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. And most importantly, you will see me, Tim, and Megan, and Jessica on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.